At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. It is football game day, ladies and gentlemen. A big one to look forward to in Seattle, huh? Preseason week two, the Bears heading to the Pacific Northwest to take on Geno Smith, no Drew Locke, and then Jacob Eason. Can the Bears remain undefeated? Throughout the NFL preseason, well, we'll talk about that later here in the show. And we'll talk about a couple of day games we've got on the diamond with our Chicago baseball clubs. The White Sox concluding a series against the Astros, which, hands up, I thought it was a three-game series. Turns out it's a four-game series, but nonetheless, we did cash in on our bet with the Astros last night from rush hour. So uh, we were content to see that, maybe, maybe thinking the same thing for today. I'll get into that momentarily. And then the Cubbies, they have a makeup game out in Baltimore. Kind of a tough uh, one-game trip, but they head out to the East Coast to take on the Orioles. Baltimore in a very important spot for them. I mean, you get a Cubs team that, yes, is hot, but on paper, a team you should take advantage of. And they're still in the wild card race right now. So this is a big game for Baltimore. We'll see if the Cubs can spoil that or not. A really quick couple of shout-outs here. Shout-out to my mom. It is her birthday today, August 18th, so happy birthday to me, Madre. And, yeah, we'll, this this will be a test to see if she's actually listening, right? We'll see if I get the text or not. Uh, shout-out to my dog, Mona, was her birthday yesterday. She's laying right next to me right now. Uh, so happy birthday uh, around the Burke family. We got a few birthdays. Oh, and then my dad earlier this month, you know, belated happy birthday. Shout-out to him because if I don't say it, maybe he'll be a little salty. I'm just playing. But yeah, so uh, a couple birthdays to get out there. 
Now we can get on to the stuff that you are tuning in for, folks, and that is some baseball coverage. And we got a very early one today with the White Sox and the Astros. I want to get a play out in this game, so I'm going to just jump into it as soon as possible because it is an earlier game at 1.10 p.m. Central Time. So I'm a little confused, honestly. Not confused, I guess I'm just taken aback a tad bit that the Astros are not the biggest favorite in this game. Currently at Bet Rivers, Houston's minus 132. The Sox are plus 116. The total's at 8.5. Run line, if you want to go with Houston's, plus 125. If you want to take the run in the hook with the White Sox, it's minus buck fifty. But a lot of other spots have actually shown some love to the White Sox here, which I'm not necessarily as surprised by per se, but again, I'm just, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's like, all right, take advantage of the opportunity. So what I'm getting to and why I'm saying this is because, you know, Lucas Giolito is starting for the White Sox tonight. Today, pardon me. He's 9-6, and six, but his ERA is horrendous. 492. His whip is not good. 149. His FIP ain't that great. 410. He's got a high home run to fly ball ratio at 14.5%. He's walking about 3.5 guys per 9 innings. The only slightly bright spot is that his Sierra is... Okay, I mean, 374. He's been terrible at guaranteed rate field. He's he's part of that club, right? Dylan Cease is the exception, but Giolito is not. He has a 586 ERA at guaranteed rate field. He's got a 362 Woba. His FIP is 398, so he's chartering that four flat territory. Now, he's got a 420 FIP on the road, but obviously it's not really that great in both regards. And guess what? He did terrible at Houston the last time he faced him. At Minute Maid, Giolito just went five innings, allowed seven hits, eight earned runs. The Sox lost that game 13-3. In his career, which entails six career starts against the Astros, Giolito is 2-4 with a 5-0-8 ERA. People have been loving to fade Giolito, and I get that he's done better as of late. I don't know if that's going to be the case tonight. So that's why seeing Giolito as a starter, knowing the Astros finally got over the White Sox hump last night and beat them, which again, we were fortunate enough to cash in on at um, a relatively cheaper price at minus 143. I figured, assuming that the Astros won last night, you got a matchup against Giolito tonight, that the Astros would probably be in the minus 145, minus 150 realm. But the odds makers are giving Giolito a little bit of love here. Or maybe they just don't trust Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia, though, has some pretty solid numbers. He's 9-8 with a 4-0-3 ERA. Danny, that's bad. You just were complaining about Giolito's ERA. It's in the fours. First of all, it's a pretty big difference from 4.92 to 4.03. Second of all, you look at the underlying stats for Garcia, and they're a lot better than Giolito's. His whip for Garcia is 113. Now, his FIP is a little high, but manageable at 393 and his Sierra his skill interactive ERA is at 364 lower than Giolito's his FIP is lower than Giolito's his ERA his whip lower than Giolito's and guess what Garcia actually has pitched a lot better on the road with a 356 FIP compared to a 425 FIP at Minute Maid Park now even though on paper it looks like he should be better than Giolito You look at the recent sample size from Garcia, and it's a little concerning, for sure. 
So his last four starts and two of them against the A's, uh, he's allowed a combined 15 earned runs. At Oakland, allowed four. Versus Boston, he allowed three. At Cleveland, he allowed four. Versus Oakland, he allowed four. And the Astros lost three out of four of those games. So I get it. If you're looking at what has happened most recently, Garcia has not been a viable pitcher to back. But little do you know, this is kind of a typical and perfect spot for the White Sox to lose. And trust me, I get it. The first two games would have you thinking otherwise. And they kept it close last night. They were probably due for that loss. But then the quick turnaround in the afternoon, I don't know why. I just, I don't have a good feeling about the Sox today. Unless you get a gem out of Giolito. I get that the Astros lineup is banged up, but it's still Houston at the end of the day. And you still have guys who thrived against Lucas Giolito. So look, at Bat Rivers, Houston opened up minus 128. So Houston being in the 130s, yeah, a little bit of movement toward Houston. But that's not the case with every book. But if you shop around because of the momentum going toward the White Sox in a lot of spots, you can get a pretty decent price on the Astros. I laid minus 125. Seldom are we betting these afternoon games, but I just thought this one was too good to pass up with the price you were getting with Houston. So I played the Astros on the money line minus 125. I'm not putting stock in Giolito. And should I be worried about Garcia? Yeah, maybe because of what we've seen those last several outings. But guess what? At the same time, it's a righty, which the Sox don't hit exceptionally well against. From July 1st, like we've pointed out, they have been better, sure. But these last three games have been very minimal scoring. It's been a neck-and-neck series. Who can get the last one here? Would you rather trust Giolito in the Sox or Garcia in the Astros? There's not a right or wrong answer. I mean, we won't know until the end, but I'm just saying because of that price and because we know what is established from each respective team and what most consistently has happened this year, I got to give the nod to the good bargain price on the Houston Astros. So that's what I'm rocking with, folks, minus 125. Make sure you do your shopping out there. You could get a pretty good number on this Houston team. And by the way, afternoon game, 1.10 p.m. Central time is when it starts. If you're listening to it afterward, and the Sox are winning, you heard nothing out of me. I kid, I kid. All right, folks, let's talk a little bit of Cubbies here. The Cubbies doing pretty dang well right now. Does that give you enough confidence to back them today at Baltimore against the Orioles? Baltimore is in this playoff race. Don't forget about that, folks. They're competing for the wild card right now. Let me pull it up really quick just to see how far out they are. They are one and a half games back. They're actually a half game above the White Sox right now. The Orioles 61 and 56. The White Sox are 61 and 57. White Sox still have a negative run differential, minus 12. Jeez. Orioles have a plus six. But yeah, the American League wild card, the Mariners are a game and a half up. The Rays and Blue Jays then in that, you know, second and third spot. They both have a 62 and 54 record. Then the Twins are a game back. Then the Orioles a game and a half. Then the White Sox two games, and then the Red Sox four games. So that's how the AL wild card is stacking up. As for today's game, this pitching matchup, man, at first, I saw this as a pretty good path to betting Baltimore, but the more I'm thinking about it, I'm not so sure. And it's mainly because of the price. But look, this one opened up with Baltimore as a minus 147 favorite. 
the Cubbies at plus 125, and then the total opened at 9. I opened up, after doing my research and handicapping, I made the Baltimore Orioles minus 150. I put the Cubbies plus 135, and I made the total 8.5. Now, the Orioles have completely had the Cubs number, right? They won twice in Chicago by a combined score of 11-3, to but overall this year, they've outscored the Cubbies 20-6. to Now, today's game is a makeup from a rainout on June 8th. So you're at Camden Yards. Wind's blown out a little bit. Cubs did just win two out of three at Washington. However, the Orioles just won two out of three at Toronto. And again, one of these teams is competing for a wild card position. The other is just trying to end on a strong note. And they're doing a pretty good job of that. Don't get me wrong. But you look at this pitching matchup. You got Adrian Sampson, who for some reason for me has been a guy I think I've either faded or just stayed away from. I, I probably have just stayed away from him more often than not. But yeah, okay, so yeah, three overall meetings, by the way. So two were at Chicago, two were supposed to be at Baltimore. The one at Baltimore obviously got rained out. That's why they're there today. But the first game against the Cubs at home, they won 9-3 Did Baltimore. Then at Chicago, they won 4-2. Then at Chicago on July 13th, they won 7-1. So yeah, it's been a slugfest by the Orioles. Adrian Sampson did face the Orioles at Wrigley Field. He went 5.1 innings, allowed six hits, Three earned runs, three strikeouts. Cubs ended up losing that game 4-2. Ramon Urias went 3-for-3 three three with a home run against him, by the way. So, hey, maybe look for a prop with him. So, getting back to Sampson, though, looking at his overall stat line, it reads like this. 0-3 with a 388 ERA, a 128 whip, a 360 FIP, and then a 424 Sierra. That's kind of just in this unknown territory to me. I mean, he got a guy who hasn't gotten a win yet. He's got an okay ERA, but it's chartering into that dangerous territory. His whip's right around average. His FIP is fine. His Sierra, that's a little too high for my liking. Right? And this is what's even more perplexing here. I mean, it's not perplexing, but it's just like, man, now I really don't know what to do. So he's really struggling on the road with his earned run average. It's at 434. So that would... You know, signal a red flag, certainly. But as we always do, you got to consider his FIP. Okay, the true indication of what his ERA should be. And his FIP on the road is 258 compared to his 434 ERA. So you would think, all right, well, then maybe people are going to show him some love. But that hasn't been the case because the line has moved in favor of Baltimore here. Now up to minus 160 at Bet Rivers. Remember, it opened minus 147. Also, really quick, Sampson's home FIP is 415, so his FIP on the road's a lot better despite his ERA being worse. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what the hell to expect out of Sampson. Well, when you're in this situation, then you got to look, of course, at the Baltimore Orioles starting pitcher. We're going to do that already, but more importantly, the Orioles batting splits. At home versus righties, they have an okay stat line. It seems about average. 712 OPS versus righties at home. 312 weighted on base average, 100 WRC plus, which is the average spot for weighted runs created plus, right at 100. But looking at a little bit more of a smaller sample size, since July 1st, when the Orioles have seemed to pick it up and really get this run going, 
Against righties at home, they have an OPS of 762, a WOBA of 334, and then a weighted runs created plus of 114. So yeah, they've been the hotter team. I mean, don't get me wrong. Again, the Cubs have been a hot team, but one of these teams has a wild card spot to play for. This one matters more to the Orioles. Not that that is going to dictate who wins because the Cubs could absolutely play spoilers and they could be feeling good with the momentum they've gained, even though it was against the Nationals and other teams. But you get my point. Now, the Cubbies are facing a righty, Spencer Watkins. The Cubbies on the road against righties do not have great numbers. 690 OPS, 304 Woba, and a 93 weighted runs created plus. Maybe they can get the Watkins, though, because his stat line is no bueno. 4 and 2, 423 ERA, 137 whip, 432 FIP, too high, only striking out 5.7 guys per nine innings, too low, 487 Sierra, too high, 435 at home this season, that's pretty concerning, 481 ERA at home compared to 372 on the road, ding, 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 concerning, but what was good out of Spencer Watkins was that at Chicago, he faced the Cubs this year. He went five innings, allowed four hits, just one earned run, racked up five strikeouts, and the Orioles took care of business and won that game 7-1. But as of late, I mean, again, he's on the struggle bus. He's allowed seven earned runs throughout his last two starts. But man, I mean, if you're just looking at this specific matchup, which you should be, the Cubs hitters really did no damage against him. Can you take into account that game that much and justify laying about minus 160 with Baltimore? I mean, the Orioles, aside from the starting pitching, do have a great bullpen. Third lowest, ERA, 315. Their whip is awesome, too, 118. The Cubs' bullpen ERA is at 401. Their whip is 131. Walks and hits per innings pitch. I don't know if I'm going to make this an official play here because, again... And I know I made a minus 150, but man, I just, I guess I was hoping a little bit that the market would give the Cubs and Samson some love because Watkins numbers aren't that great. But again, he did well against the Cubs and this is a must win spot for the Orioles and a good opportunity to do so, right? And I get it. You're, you know, you're traveling from DC to Baltimore, so it's not really a trek by any stretch of the imagination, it's just like you're going there for the one-day game. You're squeezing it in, and I don't know. You, you know, the comfort advantage, if there's any, goes to Baltimore. It just seems like a good spot for the Orioles more so. I'm probably just going to take a small piece of Baltimore. It, it's probably not going to be listed. Like I'm not, I'm not going to have it as, as an official play like I do with the Astros, but I may take a small piece of the Orioles. Heck, and if you don't want to lay the minus 160, look at the run line for Baltimore. It's plus 135. Totals at 8.5. Overs minus 121. Unders plus 102. You know what? Maybe we do see a lot of runs. We don't really know what to expect out of Sampson, but his road ERA is pretty high, right? Watkins, yeah, he did great against the Cubs, but most recently and overall his stat line would indicate that he could be due to struggle himself. So maybe you do see an ample amount of runs in this day game. The wind is blown out a little bit, so perhaps you can get over 8.5 if you're undecided. Or perhaps this game just squeezes past it because it's at 2 p.m. Central Time and you don't even notice it. And you stay away and don't stress yourself out. Now that could be a good betting option right there. That's a guaranteed winner, baby. All right, folks, let's take a quick break here. 
Uh, let's move on to the gridiron. We got preseason action tonight up in the Pacific Northwest. The Bears getting a little bit more love in the market now. We uh, explained why, and I'm sure you know why, but if not, we'll refresh your memory, and we'll tell you where the line has now pretty much settled at, where the total has gone to, and how I would still play it despite the recent turn of events. That's coming next here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. And folks, speaking of Bet Rivers, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets with new same game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect Bet Rivers combination. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to your game with same-game parlays at BetRivers Online Sportsbook. So download the BetRivers Sportsbook app and make your baseball same-game parlays today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Quick break. Bears football coming next. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. So check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Thursday night football to look forward to this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Up in the Pacific Northwest, we've got the Seahawks hosting your very own Chicago Bears. Can the Bears keep their winning streak going? It's not a streak. I get it. And it's preseason. So, yes, I'll calm down. But look, uh, any football we've got to bet on, to watch, we'll be entertained by it, and we will be pleased by it. We may not be pleased by the outcome, but the idea of it's nice, right? So enjoy the Bears um, having stress-free football games while you can. Although I was stressing out week one in the preseason because we bet the Bears on the money line. But you know what, folks? It came through and that's all that matters. So we started off our preseason 2-0 because we also took the over for the Seahawks and the Steelers. And we did pull the trigger on a bet for this matchup with the Bears and the Seahawks. Let me set the stage a little bit in case you haven't uh, kind of gotten my spiel on it or really know what's happening. But this game opened three and a half in favor of Seattle, and the total opened at 39 in the hook. All right. This quickly jumped up to four and a half, to five, and then five and a half in favor of Seattle. Now, we were talking about this on Monday, and I had mentioned that I thought this was a good spot situationally for Seattle and that I wanted to jump in sooner rather than later. But a lot of spots did not have the money lines posted, and that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see if it would have been relatively a feasible enough price for me to bet that instead of lay the spread. A lot of times, I'll just lay a more expensive price with the money line so I'm not sweating out the spread, especially in preseason where you could get some nonsense occurring. Fast forward to Tuesday, the line had moved up to four and a half. I'm like, I knew it. Damn it. I'm not going to get a good price here. I, you know, I missed the boat. 
And then I think it was, I guess, Wednesday, you saw it get up to five and a half. And there was one book in Illinois that still had four in the hook. And I'm like, well, I mean, come on. If the Seahawks are going to win realistically, they could probably win this game by a touchdown. And you're not missing that much of a key number from a difference from four and a half to five and a half, right? I mean, ideally, you'd get a three and a half instead of a four and a half because a lot of times games will fall on four. But like four and a half to five and a half, yeah, seldom are you going to get screwed by that. Knock on wood. Um, so I laid the four in the hook with the Seahawks because, well, you have a quarterback battle going on. You're going to get Drew Locke with the first team in the first half competing for the starting job and then Geno Smith in the second half. Those were the only two quarterbacks to play in their first preseason game and they put up a good amount of points, folks. These preseason games matter to Seattle. They have a starting quarterback position to figure out. The Bears do not. The Bears will get minimal effort, not effort, let me rephrase that. They will get minimal time on the field from Justin Fields. I mean, he'll get a little bit more, you'd imagine, along with some of the starters, but not as much as Seattle will need to do. This team is expected to be one of the worst in the National Football League, and I bet their win total under, actually. So I get why Seattle was getting some love. I mean, this game means more to Seattle. They need to figure some things out. They need to get their roster solidified. I know I used that argument for the Bears in week one, but that was a little different because the Chiefs were in a situation to where it's like, who cares? Eberflus wanted to make a good impression at home. All right, you got the first dub under your belt, out of the way. You're going against the Seahawks team that really needs to figure some things out. They will have the more competitive quarterback play. And honestly, the biggest thing too is that it's a short turnaround for Chicago. This is a tough situation in the regular season, going from a weekend game to a Thursday night game on the road. But in preseason, to where the game plan is not full, not as in-depth. We talked about this with Danny Parkins on Tuesday. I, I mean, it just does not set up well for the Bears. You know, how, how much do they care about going there and winning as opposed to just leaving healthy and happy with some of the plays they run and just going through the motions? I don't know. It's speculation. But the advantage should be with Seattle. So that's why it moved up to 5.5. And, and the total went from 39 in the hook up to 42 in the hook. Well, right after I tout this play, right after I give it out on Rush Hour on, was it Tuesday? Yeah, I guess it was Tuesday night. <laughs> Freaking Drew Locke gets COVID. So naturally, that's going to alter the line. I saw the notification. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I just talked about this an hour ago, why I like the Seahawks, even though they are at four and a half. And so Drew Locke is out. Now you're getting Geno Smith and Jacob Eason. And Eason's fine. He's got a cannon. Let's hope. Um, but yeah, I kind of remember him having a cannon, right? Can't Jacob Eason sling it? Nevertheless, so I'm looking at this line, and it went back down to three and a half, which is where you see it right now. So the Drew Lock impact is factored by two points, five and a half down to three and a half. So again, that's where you see it. Three and a half. The juice is on the Bears, minus 118. If you're taking three in the hook, Money line for Chicago is plus 140. For the Seahawks, it's minus a buck 75. And the total dropped back down to 39 and a half. A little bit of juice to the over, minus 114. So if you're like me and you got involved, what do you do? I think you just sit out your play right now. I, I wouldn't do anything different. It's preseason still. I don't know how much this really sways my mind on this game I would still think the Seahawks have the advantage and end up winning this game 
mainly because of the short week factor and mainly too because Geno Smith is fighting for his career right here folks Bears are still pretty banged up and you know they don't need to figure out as many things in terms of the importance of starting positions they have some guys with that sure but not with like their first and second string guys so honestly it's some spots have gotten down to three if you haven't gotten involved yet I think you take advantage of the overreaction. I really do. I would still look towards Seattle if it gets to three and if you get a money line price that's like minus 160 or less. That's how I would play it. I still think it's a good opportunity for Seattle. Having Drew Locke there would be phenomenal, but you know what? It's preseason. It probably doesn't matter as much as you think. But we'll see. Tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time. What do you want to see out of the Bears, though? So, yeah, I mean, I'm sweating out the four and a half. I'm just hoping I'm hoping the Seahawks can win this thing by a tutty or more, make it more comfortable. But at the same time, as a Bears fan, certainly I want to see this team look good. I guess what I want to see to where I could be both happy is that Justin Fields goes out there, has some great connections with Moody once again. You see the offensive line offers some good protection, and you see some solid plays. You see everyone leave healthy. You see the first team look very, very sound, very comfortable, very organized. Hey, maybe you have a great drive down the field. You get a couple field goals, maybe just one touchdown. But then after that, let's have the Seahawks take over that. That would that would make me content. That would be the ideal outcome. And there's a good chance that could come to fruition, folks. So, yeah. Let's hope Justin Fields and Mooney look great. Let's hope the offensive line looks solid. But let's hope the Seahawks, at the end of the day, get the victory. Boo, boo. Yeah, I know you're booing me. Come on, it's preseason. You really care that much if the Bears win this game? Only if we're betting them. We got to be objective. We're looking to cash some tickets here. Sometimes you got to fade your favorite team if you're in this for the long haul. If you actually want to get yourself the best betting opportunities and cash some tickets along the way, you got to be objective. You got to leave emotion at the door. I know it's hard. It's difficult. And sometimes I still get caught up in it. But it's preseason. You shouldn't be getting caught up in it here. Let's be honest. Hey, if you want to stay away or maybe live bet because you don't know what to expect out of the Seahawks without Drew Locke here, I get it. Or maybe you want to root for a sloppy high-scoring game, take advantage of the over at 39.5. Understood. You think Simeon and... Nathan Peterman can get the job done for you. They did good enough against Kansas City, but they weren't like great backups. Peterman was evading the defense, which was solid. Simeon had some good throws, but they didn't necessarily execute that much. I mean, Simeon did, but I don't know. I'm just thinking it's still a good spot for Seattle, but we'll see. Let me know what you're betting for this game and other games at DannyBurke5 on Twitter, dburke at vsin.com where you can email me. Make sure you check out Rush Hour tonight, folks. The Marquee Sports Network will have it, vsin.com, the vsin app, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, and then iHeartRadio, all the spots where you can get a hold of Rush Hour, again, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. That's going to do it for another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Thank you for tuning in. Best of luck with all your plays. We will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday, leading you into your weekend.